to Pentecost Sunday, in fact. For those um, who are unaware, today is Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, before I go any further, before I go any further, um, if you are under 18, um, you need to raise your hands because we're going to have a little game of bingo at the same time. So that's if you're up for it. You don't have to. But um, I do have quite a large prize this time. This isn't any small prize, is it? I know you're thinking, if you're over 18, you're thinking it's not fair. It is fair. It's just the way that it goes. So if you are over 18 and, and then you want to slyly take part and then lie about your age, Jesus is watching. So <laughs> just, just watching. But yes, so there we are. So what's going to happen is that over the course of this preach, certain words will be spoken out. Um, nine, in fact. Uh, that are on that card, and as soon as one of them is mentioned, cross it off. Easy, isn't it? Is that easy? Is that an easy game? So, um, the first person, this is only one prize, the first person to cross off all nine words, and they have to be spoken by me, all nine words, then can shout out bingo, and then they win. Does that make sense? Yeah, are we up for that? I'm up for that. I wish I could play. There you go. You not got a card yet? Still waiting. Well, they're, they're coming around fast anyway. Don't worry. Wave. Wave. There's a few, there's a few that are still, um, still waiting for one. Okay. Fantastic. So, um, as I said, today's Pentecost Sunday, and um, this is where we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, big question for you, first of all. What could God do to help you believe more? What could he do? He's massive. He's huge. What could he actually do to help you believe him more? Not necessarily just believe he exists, but that might be one thing. Or help you believe more. What could he do? Lyndon? Show a miracle. That'd do a job, wouldn't it? Bit of a miracle working, flex the muscles kind of thing, and see something happen. That's good. Anything else? No? Everyone else, everyone else is pretty good. Josh? Visions, a bit of visions, interesting, I like that, very good. Anything else that would help we believe more? An answer to prayer, very good indeed, yes. Sorry, yes, go on. You want me to say a word, don't you? <laughs> but yes, that could be one of those things. <laughs> you can't put words in my mouth that are very, very important words. <laughs> but yes, that's a good answer. That's a very good answer uh, for those who heard it. Um, so yeah, now I had a friend. Um, well, I had a friend once. I had a friend once, and he wasn't a Christian. And I worked with him in, in insurance, and he said to me, why doesn't God send Jesus back every 50 years? That'd be better. Because he's like, what's the point of him sending him once, and that's it? And you don't see him. That was 2,000 years ago. It'd be nice if you came back every 50 years and just had a low, did a few miracles, a bit of water and some wine, that kind of thing. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Everyone would be pretty like, oh, Jesus is back on the scene again. And we can hang out with him, we can talk with him, we can, you know, he can do some walking on water and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I'd be like, you know, everyone would hang out with him, wouldn't he? Hey, look at this. This is fantastic. So, um, so that was his question, which I thought was a fairly valid question at the time. Um, I was a very young Christian, 
Um, so, so it kind of like let me thinking, well, right, why doesn't you come back every 50 years? It, just, it has just come the once. Um, so let's just get into this. What is Jesus like? Give me some answers on that. What is he actually like? How do you, ex- you know, I mean, I don't mind what, did he, what clothes did he wear and, and what color was his hair, which probably wasn't Swedish blonde, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> Not like the Timothy man. Um, but um, what, what do you think he was like? Can anyone describe what you think he was like? This is not a test, by the way. It's not RE. Um, you, you know, if you get it slightly wrong, you won't be looked down on or marked badly. Sinless. That's a good, that's a good start. Thank you very much. Anything else? What do you think he did? Go on. Compassionate. Oh, I like that. That's a very good one. All right. Excellent. Anything else? Give me something about his character. What do you think else? If you met him, gentle Jesus, very nice. I like that. Yes, okay, he would have been um, fairly gentle with most things. Um, so, um, anything else? Anything else? Was he loving? Yeah, you, you reckon you might have been loving people a little bit there. Did he forgive people? What about the really, really sinful people? Did he forgive them? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But there we are. Did he encourage people? Yes, okay, it was encouraging. Did he live a holy life? Yeah, yeah, we think so. Yeah, some of you are not too sure. Okay, I'll, I'll let you know that's what he says in the Bible, at least. Um, do you think he was powerful? Do you think he was powerful? Yeah? How powerful do you think he was? Come on, think about it. How powerful was Jesus when he was on the planet? How powerful was he? Go on. No, there's a one. Go on, how powerful? Really, 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 really powerful. What could he do? What could he actually do? Go on. He was a party goer. Yeah, he was actually. That's very true, wasn't he? Yes, yes, yeah. He, don't know if he gate crashed much, but he did go to parties. That's very true. He usually went around to people's houses that invited him. But moving, moving into that, that's a very good point. How powerful did you say, Joel? Omnipotent. <laughs> Do you know, if I was a teacher, I'd say, is your name Joel? <laughs> but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. Sorry? As powerful as God. Right. So he's, he's, he's pretty powerful, yeah? He can, he can do some stuff. So um, can he heal people? Yeah. Can he do miracles? Yeah, I mean, how big were those miracles? Think about this. Think, just go with me on this a second. What, what were the biggest miracles that Jesus did? He fed the 5,000. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, very good. What was this? Turn water into wine. Yes, that's a big, powerful miracle, definitely. So raise Lazarus from the dead. Right, that, that must have taken a, a bit of muscle. Yes, I think. Very, very good. We're doing well here. Very good. All right, so there was a lot of power going on. Are we happy with that? Yes, very good. All right, and that's what he did. He changed people's lives for the good, didn't he? Yeah, he turned people from where they were at in their hopeless situations and into, into a place of hope. Go on. Ooh, I like that. I like where you're going with that, actually. I might just shift my preach in that direction. <laughs> but that's true. Yeah. He didn't mind what people thought, and he would be very confrontational with certain people um, that needed it to be. Um, he was full of peace. 
and he was bold. Yeah, as we just learned that. And he was friends with his disciples. He was all of these things. And it was a, he was a wonderful, 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 wonderful person. He was amazing, really. And you can understand why my friend wanted him to come back every 50 years. Yeah, because this is the most amazing person that's ever walked the face of the earth. All right, 2,000 years later, people are still talking about him and still following him. All right, he's got the biggest following on Twitter, maybe. I don't know. But there's 2 billion followers of Jesus, all right, on the planet. Even more so now, I think. This is pretty good following. So this is pretty impressive. But Jesus chose not to come back every 50 years, even though he was so popular. Instead, he chose to send out his Holy Spirit. And in John 14, verses 16 to 18, gives us some clues as to why that was actually a better deal. So Jesus' words are, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. The Holy Spirit with us and in us is far greater than a visit every 50 years. Yeah? The Holy Spirit is named by Jesus as another helper. That's somebody just like Jesus. That's somebody the same as Jesus. Somebody who you just described as you carried on going through how, much, how powerful he was and, and how wonderful and how confrontational and everything. He had the same compassion. He had the same power. He was exactly the same. And he said, he will live in us. I will not leave you as orphans, is what he said. He will leave and then he will send the Holy Spirit. And right now, he lives in you. Right now, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Right now. So whereas before people could have a relationship with Jesus just when they saw him, just when Jesus visited the village or whatever, now it's the case where the Holy Spirit is with you all the time. And that's far better, isn't it? When you wake up in the middle of the night at two in the morning, you don't have to ring up Jesus. You are, now he's straight inside of you. Yes, we've got that companion. We've got that friend. We've got somebody who's always with us everywhere we go, everywhere you walk, everywhere. Right now where you sit, he's inside of you. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Right now where you are, He's with you right now. He's inside of you. And that is amazing. When you go to work, Jesus is inside of you. Jesus is with you. When you go home, he's there as well. You can't escape him. Everywhere you go, anywhere, you, you live anywhere, you breathe, the Holy Spirit, if you've been filled with him, is there with you. So what are you doing this week? Or what did you do last week? So right, we've got time. <laughs> Anyone at all? What? Just give me one thing that somebody did. You mustn't have just done nothing all week. What did you do? You went to work. Thank you for that, playing. Okay, so everywhere you went in work, Jesus was in you and with you. Amen? Yes, okay. So everywhere you took the power of God with you. Everywhere you took the presence of God with you. Amen? This is exciting stuff. 
I wish I was sitting where you're sitting right now. This is good, all right? Because the power of God goes with us everywhere we go. That's better than a, a visit every 50 years, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I, would, I, I think this is a far better deal. Knowing Jesus is now possible as the closest friend imaginable. And that's incredible. But it's not the only difference the Holy Spirit makes in our lives. If you go to John 14, verse 12, Jesus says the following, still when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, I am telling you the truth. Those who believe in me will do what I do. Yes, they will do even greater things because I am going to the Father. Even greater things. Now, when we were talking about Jesus, you were saying, you were telling me about this most amazing person who could do all of this amazing stuff. Yep. And then that's saying, you can do even greater things. Even greater things than that. I would settle for just being able to do the things that Jesus... I think that would be pretty cool. But to do even greater, I can't even imagine what that might look like. And then in Acts verse one, chapter 1, verse 8, it says the following. You will receive power. So I'm just seeing all the scribbling hands in front of me. Um, power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. If the Holy Spirit has really been poured out into us, how much power lives in us? And pause. Have a think. Loads? Yes. If the Holy Spirit has been poured out into us, how much power lives in you right now? How much power? Limitless. That's a good word. I like that. Limitless. There is a limitless amount that's been poured out into us. We can, well, think about it like this. How much can we really achieve then? How much is it possible for us to really achieve on this? Think about what the whole thread of this. We can do greater things than Jesus, and, and we've already talked about what Jesus did. How much can we really achieve? How much is it possible for us to go down? Hey, that's something. We'll look at that more in the future series of some, some preachers coming up. But that's very good. All right. So here's a question. What difference did Jesus make when he was on the earth? Come on, have a think. He healed people. Yeah, what, yeah, Karen, what difference? You, same, we've got this, the, the lads at the back. Come on, the Honda boys. Doing very well today. Yeah, he did. He helped people believe in God. That was a big thing, definitely. Yeah, is that what you're going to say as well? Yeah, very nice. Excellent. What else? What impact did he do? What impact did he have? He, he didn't leave. Just a little bit. Yes, I think if you deleted Jesus, then the history would look a little bit different. I think your, your legal system would look very different straight away. So, think about this. What impact has he had on society? What impact has he had in the world? What impact has he had in people's lives? What impact did he have when he walked into someone's village? What impact did he have when he walked into someone's home? What impact? How did things change when Jesus walked in? If you were a disciple, if you were a disciple hanging out with Jesus and you were there and you knew 
You knew something would change if he walked into the, through the front door, wouldn't you? You'd be expecting something to change. What impact did he actually have? Because you'd like to hang out with him, I'm sure. You'd like to see that. What impact? Anyone wish to have a go at that? Didn't he? Yeah. He could walk into a front door of someone and people, he had people's attention. He had people looking at him as, as, a, as a measure of what are you going to do next? What are you going to say next? We can't even predict what, where this is all going. You know, and, and yet it would absolutely change people's lives upside down. Someone had their roof reconfigured because it was all messed up when the, a stretcher was put down in the middle of the, of the room because they knew if they could get the man to Jesus, he'd be healed. You hear me? That's the impact he was having. And he was healed. So the impact on the planet was absolutely massive. And it's the very same spirit that lives in us. Amen? This is the same spirit. Our lives can make a massive impact around the world. We can change the atmosphere around us. Think about that. The spirit in you can change the atmosphere around us. We can bring peace where there was anger. We can bring joy where there's despair. These are almost tiny things when you think about what Jesus did. But you can be atmosphere changers. When you go to your workplaces or you go to your homes, where you go to wherever you go, you can change the atmosphere around you. And it can make a huge impact for the kingdom of God. You bring light into darkness when you walk into people's worlds. Because there's a huge world out there that doesn't know him. There's a huge world out there that hasn't got a clue about what it really means to have peace in your heart. And the, the fact that we carry the presence and the power of God with us can make such a difference in those people. Amen? Think about those things because that's the truth. As we just sung, you might not always be feeling it yourself, but it still makes an impact. When I was a teacher at Shakespeare School, I, um, there was one kid, I, I, I didn't know anything of this until years later. He said um, that there was like a glow coming from my classroom. I mean, this is not a Christian speaking. He said there was a glow coming from the, he just got this weird feeling there was a glow coming from it. There was another kid that came into our house. He wasn't a Christian either. He said, it feels such a peaceful house, this. You don't know the difference you make. When you go to the places that you live in or the places that you, you work in, you don't know what happens when people just calm down when they're around you. I've gone into places where I'm playing football and everyone stops swearing all of a sudden. It's weird, but it happens. You make an impact on people's lives in ways and means that you possibly can't imagine. And it's fantastic. Imagine Jesus walking into your schools or your workplaces or your homes right now. Imagine what would happen. Because that is the same spirit that lives inside us right now. Yeah? Imagine how things could change if Jesus was hanging out in your workplace. Would people want to talk to him? Yeah. I reckon so, just a bit. All right? I don't think he'd be up on a soapbox preaching all the time. But if he was working and the people would be wanting to know him and people would be talking, people would, you know... He would be drawing people to him very, very quickly. And not because he wanted to be popular, but because he carried a life. He carried a love. 
He carried something in him that everyone was drawn to there. And that spirit lives in each of us. Amen? That's good. So we have the power to change the world living inside of you. And you have the power to talk to others about Jesus and see them become friends of Jesus themselves. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. That's the Spirit who has made his home in you. Now, of course, at this particular point, you might be going, well, how do I know if I've really even received the Holy Spirit? So, briefly... What do you think you have to do to receive the Holy Spirit? That's an interesting question. Before we even go there. Pray a lot. Ask. Do you have to read the Bible loads? <laughs> Not sure. Do you have to worship loads? Oh, <laughs> that was fast. That was. You were waiting for that, weren't you? Well done. Give it a round of applause. <laughs> Yeah, okay, stop listening now. <laughs> it's crucial to know that there is nothing in the way between us and God. There is nothing that stands between us and God. Jesus died on a cross. We sang about this just before. Jesus died on a cross to eliminate the barrier between us and God. Jesus died so that there would be no more wall. He died so that all of our sins could be forgiven if we wanted. He died so that all of our sins were placed on him. And we could receive that forgiveness. We could receive everything that he won for us on that cross. We could say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And God says, yes, I forgive you because everything is justified on the cross. That's what Jesus did for us. That's how passionate he wants a relationship with each and every single one of us. So there is no things, no laws, no rules that we have to do. Galatians 3 verse 2 puts it like this. Because Galatians has started, the Galatian church had started to believe that there was. Tell me this one thing. Did you receive God's spirit by doing what the law requires or by hearing the gospel and believing it? Now, I know that's a question, but it's a rhetorical one because it was written in the letter. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by doing all the good things that you're supposed to do? Or did you receive the Holy Spirit literally by saying, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe there's no more war. I believe that I've got free access to him. That's the gospel. Yeah, that's what it's saying. So, last prize. Who wants some chocolate? Come on, Angel. Right then, so you'd like this, yes? Yeah? Okay. Have you earned this? No. No, Joel, you haven't earned this. You've done absolutely nothing, have you, to get this chocolate? You've not. You've not at all. You've not done any jobs for me today at all, have you? All right, it's okay. You're not in trouble. <laughs> and it feels that way right now. You're not in trouble. You'd like it, though. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Did you have to be really good to get this? No. No, you don't. You, you, no, you didn't have to be really good to get this. I'm giving you this because I want you to have it. Right? Okay. And I want you to, to be blessed. And that is it. It's okay. Give a round of applause. Right. 
Now, I'm sure, Joel, you have been good, but it's not, it's not the reason you got it, all right, at all. Um, and you weren't being told off as much as it might have seemed that way. Uh, <laughs> so there we are. I'm giving it to him because I want to give it to him. I'm giving it to him because I, I want him to be blessed. I'm giving it to him because I want him to have a gift. Does that make sense? And this is the way it is with the Holy Spirit. Our Father in heaven wants us to have the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to always be filled. Not just once, but continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be refreshed continually, to be empowered always by his Spirit. Does that make sense? And we don't have to be really, really... If you do something bad, you don't lose the Holy Spirit... If you do something that you shouldn't do, it's not like the Holy Spirit stops. He's always wanting to be poured out into us. Does that make sense? Because it's by belief that God has already died. Well, Jesus has already died for us on the cross. And that is it. It's the gospel. And that's all it is. This only requirement. He's broken down the dividing wall. He's made us righteous. And we just receive. Um, the best way of me saying this, it's not about us being good enough. Just accept that God's good to us. Yeah? It's not about us being good enough. It's about the fact that God's good to us and wants to be continually good to us again and again and again. He is supplying his spirit to us all of the time. He's supplying his spirit right now, and he loves to do it. So enjoy that. Let's just open our hearts and... And towards the end of the service, we'll give people the opportunity for everyone here who wishes, no matter their age, to be prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, whether for the first time or to be refreshed again. Um, and I, I'm just going to, before I even get into that, um, just remind us, Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died that we could be forgiven and that we could enjoy an eternal relationship with him forever, as I've said again and again throughout this message. So in a moment, I'm going to pray, and you may find yourself in one of the following three categories. So can I have every head bowed, please, while I go through this, and um, just give you people the opportunity, this wonderful opportunity here. So the first category is that you might not know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. You've never been a Christian, and you'd like to make this day-to-day the day you begin your relationship with him. The second category is that you used to walk with Jesus and today you'd like to reconnect with him. You'd like to recommit your life to him afresh today. And the third category is that you're not sure of your salvation. That you're not sure that at the end of your life you will be going to heaven and you desire the certainty that Jesus offers. So if you relate to any of those three, then please pray along with me now and repeat these words, but out of your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing. And receive me as your child. I commit my life 
to you now. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, with every head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer, could I ask you just to raise your hand in here now, please? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Okay. For those that raise their hands just then, let's ju- I'm just going to pray. Lord God, for those that have prayed today and just given them, given you their hearts, Lord God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you pour out your presence, your peace into those people, Lord God, right now. We thank you for all the incredible love you've showed us. We pray, Lord God, that for everyone today, you'll raise their hands, that you'll help them know their next steps into entering into our most wonderful relationship with you and help them, Lord God, to be assured of their salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.